At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to tune into our current series, Built for More, Church Beyond the Weekend, where we will see what the Psalms teaches us about how life is enriched when we live and serve in community with our church family. As a kid, I love candy. How many of you guys love candy? Okay. You don't have to be a kid. You ever, we love candy, right? Well, the strangest thing ever happened to me uh, was the first day I got, I got a, um, a pack of breath mints like this. Have you guys seen these before? Like in the, and they have two compartments, right? They have the, the little compartment there, and then if you turn it around, it's got the really, really big compartment, so you can see a lot of candies and all that. Would you know when these first came out, do you know what they said on each compartment? It used to say, for you, and then the other one was to share. Well, they've changed it now. Now it says one and, and many. But as I began to look at different candies, you know, there's always this encouragement to share. You guys remember a couple years ago, maybe it was last summer, when Coke did the, the names on the side of the bottles, the way you're supposed to share this Coke with this person? Remember that? Or you come and find some M&Ms. This is the sharing size of M&Ms, Right? It's not just the individual, it's not the king size, it's designed to share. And I'll never forget, as I began looking at these different kind of candies, how inside of me, I was shocked. It had never occurred to me that when I was going to the grocery store to buy candy, that I should share the candy. Right? Does that shock any of you? Like, it's my candy, I don't want to give any of it away to you. And I think in, in that moment, I become like, became like a child, right? This is my candy. You're not going to have any of my candy. And so we're kind of, um, it, it shows the selfishness inside of our heart. And it, it was challenging to me just to think that these candy companies and like the Coca-Cola company was trying to make me share. Like if I were to grab the sharing kind and didn't share it, then that would make me selfish, right? Right? Or if I ate the whole thing of, of mints all by myself and didn't share them at all, then that would make me selfish, Right? And so I think that the marketing intention behind all of those was to try and get people to gather together to try and be more community-driven and, and more sharing. But, you know, if we're all honest with ourselves, we can all be a little selfish at times, right? And even in this small example, uh, we can be very, very selfish when we think about the blessings that God has given us. You know, if we're not careful... We take the blessings of God that he gives us and we hoard them to ourselves. And if we hoard them to ourselves, then the rest of the world is messing out because God has designed us to be a blessing to others. Today, we're gonna conclude our series uh, entitled Built for More. We've been walking through the Psalms this summer and we've been taking a look at the benefits that God has given us through spiritual family. That spiritual family, specifically in, in doing life together in smaller groups, God has designed us in those moments to experience the sweetness of unity. It is inside of these groups, these spiritual families, where we learned last week that that's the best place for us to battle fear, is inside the context of community. And today, what I want us to see as we take a look at God's word, is we're going to see how we are to be stewards of the blessings of God. In Psalm 67, which we're going to take a look at in just a moment, we see God's desire for um, how he blesses his people and how he desires that from the blessings that we receive from God that we bless others. So this is what we're going to see today as we look in God's word. We're going to see that God blesses his people for the good of the nations. 
God blesses his people for the good of the nations. Or another way of saying this is God blesses us so that we might bless people, everybody, everywhere. You know, this idea of God's people being a blessing to others found all throughout God's word. And we see it here clearly in this passage. And we see that the psalmist's intention is us to praise God because he blesses his people. But that blessing that he gives us is for a much larger purpose. The blessings that God gives us is for the entire world. Let's look at Psalm 67 together. Look at me in verse 1. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Selah. That your way, way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. Let the people, peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. You can see in this short psalm that God blesses us so that we may be a blessing to others. And the question should come to our minds, even though as God blesses us and he blesses us for the good of the nations, it should naturally lead us to the question, well, how does this happen? How does God bless us so that others may be blessed? And we know originally this psalm was written to the people of God. This was a, a psalm that was written to them, but it has now been adopted by the church because this is still God's plan. God has given us the church as a blessing so that we may be a blessing to the nations. And today I want us to see three ways in which we are to be a blessing to the nations. First, uh, I want us to see that we are to pray for God's blessings for the nations. We are to pray for God's blessing for the nations or of the nations. Verses one and two again. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among the nations. We see this beginning um, psalm open up. It's actually a psalm that is a prayer, but it's written in the form of poetry. And what we see, if you know anything about poetry, a lot of times poetry uses a, a chiastic structure. Now, that's a big word just to say that normally you'll have like statement A to begin, then you'll have statement B, and then you'll have statement C, and then it'll go back to statement B, and then back to statement A. And so that's the, the, the form we see in this passage. So verse 1 and 2 and 6 and 7 are coupled together, and then you have the other two verses that are coupled together, and then you'll have the C statement that stands alone, which becomes the crescendo of the psalm. And so first of all, we see in this beginning, we see this prayer that is written in a, the form of a, a poem, and we see that the psalmist is actually uh, calling us to pray. What is he asking us to pray for? First of all, he's asking his people to pray for spiritual blessings, asking the Lord of the universe to bless them with spiritual blessings. Now, actually, this um, type of blessing is very similar to the blessing that um, Aaron was given and to the priests. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 and 27, this is the, the, um, the blessing that Moses gave to Aaron. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying thus, You shall bless the people of Israel 
you shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. So originally this was given as a blessing to be a blessing over the people. And now what the psalmist is doing is he's turning it around and using the word us there to say this is something that we should be praying for. Asking the Lord to bless us in spiritual ways. Oh Lord, would you bless us? Lord, be gracious to us and make your face shine upon us. This is a beautiful invitation to the Lord to allow his blessings and his love and his grace and his face to shine on us. You see, it's asking the Lord to be gracious to us. You see, this is not coming before the God of the universe saying, God, I earned this, or God, I've done these works, so therefore bless me. No, it's, it's coming in the attitude of grace saying, Lord, I know that I bring nothing to the table, but be gracious to me. Bless us with the blessings of your spiritualness and make his face shine upon us. I love that phrase because it reminds me, I picture the face of a loving father coming to its son or daughter. The, the face of the father is upon the son. It's, a, it's a, a face of pleasure. The father is pleased in the son. The, the father is um, in the presence of the son. And there where the father is, there's peace. And so it's asking the God of the universe to be present in our life. It's asking the God of the universe to, to bring us peace in our lives. And it's asking the God of the universe to be pleased in us. Oh, Lord, would you bless us? You know, we are aware of, as the people of God, the children of God, we are acquainted with asking God for spiritual blessings, right? We, we know what that looks like. We, we ask the Lord many, many times to, to bless us. Lord, bless me. God, bless my family. God, show favor on me and my family. We want to look at this verse, and what happens is we want to stop at the end of verse 1, and we want to just pray, God, bless me. May your face shine upon me. And then we want there to be a period. But do you see what's there? It's, it's a comma. See, the psalmist understood that the Lord, we needed the Lord's blessing, not just for the blessing to be hoarded. As it goes on, we see, so that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all the nations. We are begging for the Lord's blessing so that we can bless others. It's amazing to me when we look at the purpose of the blessing is so that we may have power for the mission. That's what the psalmist is saying. Oh, Lord, would you bless us, not so that we become all fat and sassy all by ourselves. No, we want the Lord's blessings so that we can take those blessings and share it with the nations so that your works may be known, so that your way may be known, and so you're saving power among the nations. This spiritual blessing is to know God's way. It's a spiritual blessing so that others may know the way of salvation. And we know most clearly now, because we live on this side in the New Testament time and post-New Testament time, we know that God's purpose all along was to save humanity, that it wasn't going to be through the sacrifice of animals and the spilling of blood of that, but it would be through the placing faith in Jesus Christ. 
You see, we have the answer to what, what ails all humanity. Because sin has entered in the world, we stand before a holy and righteous God condemned. But God loves us so much, he didn't leave us there. But he sent Jesus to live the life that we couldn't and died the death that we deserve. On the cross, all of the sin of the world was placed on Jesus and he bore the wrath of God and he died. And God saw that his sacrifice was enough so that he raised him from the dead. And now Jesus is alive, putting to death, death and the penalty to sin. And if you and I would believe in the work of Jesus, we can have salvation. Our sins can be forgiven and we could be made right. This is the saving power that the, this, the psalmist is saying, is that this, the words of salvation need to not just rest inside of us once we hear it and receive it, but we must be sharers of this good news. We have the greatest cure for what ails all humanity, and the cure for the curse is Jesus, and we are called to share it with others. Oh, the great amount of spiritual blessings that the Lord has given us. That God has given us, as we talked as we were going through our Ephesians series, we, we talked about how not only because of what Jesus has done, we have peace with God, but we have peace with each other. Especially now in this world where peace is so sought after. We look everywhere and we see that everyone's in conflict, everyone's at each other's throats, and it seems like all it's going to take is one spark and this whole thing's going to explode. You guys ever feel that way, like when you're watching TV these days? What our world needs the most is the peace of Jesus, where they need to understand that Jesus can save, Jesus cures all of the world's problems. But not only are we to pray for spiritual blessings, look down in verses six and seven. It says, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. What the psalmist is saying is that we should also be praying for physical blessings. Like, not only does God bless us spiritually, but God blesses us physically with things so that we could be a blessing to the nations again. Have you ever thought about that before? Like all of your possessions, your job, where you live, where your kids go to school, uh, the street that you live on. Have you ever thought that all those things were given to you by God so that you could be a blessing to others? Or are you guilty of living your life hoarding all of those things? Saying, look at what I did for myself. I, I worked really, really hard so I could have this job. I worked really, really hard so I could have this uh, new toy. Or I've worked really, really hard so I could live on this street. And have you ever thought that the only reason you're really living there, or because you have those things, or you have that job, is so that you could be a blessing to others? Let me give you an illustration for this for just a moment. You know, the Lord does say, if I can make sure this doesn't spill all over the place, the Lord gives us blessings. He gives you and I blessings of various kinds. Sometimes they're physical blessings. We definitely have spiritual blessings. And the reason that he gives us blessings is because he wants us to bless others. Now, this is a, a container, and because it's an illustration, it has some limitations. This is supposed to represent the blessings of God. Now, what's the problem with this? Is that it's limited, right? God's blessings are unlimited. So imagine just for a moment this container that was constantly filled with an unlimited supply of water. The water represents the blessings. 
Now, this cup here represents you and I. And the fact that when we ask the Lord to bless us, when we say, oh, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me with your presence. Lord, bless me with your peace. God, bless me with physical things so that I can bless others. What happens is God answers our prayer and he begins to fill us. And he begins to fill us. And he begins to fill us. And sometimes we're guilty of stopping there. Where we're like, okay, God, I got enough. I'm good to go. I'm, I'm out of a place of crisis. I'm, I'm at a place of peace. I'm at a place of rest. So you can stop blessing me now. But that's not what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is saying, continue to pray. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. And what he promises is that he begins to bless us. And he begins to bless us. And it's going to go all over the table. But he continues to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. There's no electrical down there, is there? So that we can be a blessing to others. So as he fills us, it begins to overflow from us into other people around us. And what does that do? It doesn't give glory to us. Instead, because they're not being filled with us, they're being filled by the blessings that God filled us with. And so they're giving glory to God. God calls us to be a blessing to others and the blessings that he gives us. You're like, okay, pastor, I get it. I, what, what in the world does that look like? Like, I understand that the Lord has blessed me. The Lord has blessed me with a good job. The Lord has blessed me with a nice house. The God has blessed me with some toys that I get to play with. Maybe, maybe it's a boat. Maybe it's a, a lake house. Maybe it's a, a fishing rod. Maybe it's uh, tickets to basketball games, even though we may never, ever get to go to a basketball game ever again. <laughs> but the Lord has blessed us with those things. So how do, how do I use that to bring glory to God? Will you use it in the way that will bring others into the faith, right? You, you have season tickets to, to the Tigers or whatever. You don't always get just one ticket, right? Be intentional with the other ticket. Invite someone along. This is what I love for, for families, even just to think about this for a moment. What would it look like for a family to, to bless others through blessing? Well, many of us have vacation time right? We get a certain amount of vacation days throughout the year. What if instead of taking a vacation for yourself, what if you and your family went on a mission trip? God has blessed you with time off. God has blessed you so you don't have to give your attention to work. So why would you not take the opportunity and go on mission? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, have you ever thought about uh, the things that we have are really designed to be a blessing to others? I remember when uh, I was uh, in student ministry many, 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 many years ago. Um, that's not going to work. Uh, the beautiful thing was, is someone, um, unbeknownst to me, one day I go outside and, and I see on my porch that there's this Xbox. I'm like, Xbox, cool. I got, someone just gave me an Xbox. And so I hooked that baby up and I began playing with it and I began playing with it. And then Sarah was like, um, you can't do that because you'll waste a lot of time. And so she's, she's like, you got to find a way to use that for ministry. And so guess what I did? I started inviting guys over to my house to play Xbox. <laughs> yep, lots of ministry happened with a controller in my hand as we're killing people. <laughs> That's not an endorsement. That's just the way it was, okay? And, and I'll tell you what, a God used that Xbox to give me space in the life of teenagers. And I had a lot of spiritual conversations with students as they're struggling. And especially as guys, we don't like to open up about our feelings. But if you're killing people, you'll open up about your feelings. <laughs> and 
So it's using those things that God has given us so that we can be a blessing to others. So listen to this psalm. Don't hold back. Oh God, bless me. Bless me with your presence. God, bless me with your face shining upon me. God, bless me with the, the spiritual gift of salvation. God, bless me with things so that I can bless others. Let us live with open hands so that others may come to know Jesus. The question is, do you ask for spiritual blessings? Do you ask for physical blessings? Or do you just ask for them for yourself? Let us be people that pray and ask the Lord to bless us so that we may bless others. Second thing we are to do today is we are to call for God's praise among the nations. We are to call uh, for God's praise among the nations. I want you to see verses 3 and 5. It's the, the same verse, right? It's, the, it's, it's repeated twice. It says, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. You, as we see this, the whole design of blessing others and sharing the blessings of God with others is so that they would come to a place of worship. You see, it's not just uh, uh, for certain people that are allowed to worship and praise, but what God is saying and what we're to be praying for is that the nations would praise God. It's a call to all the nations to praise God and to be experience the blessings of God. And this praise comes from a response to God's salvation. Let the nations praise. Let the peoples praise you, O God, for what you've done and for who you are. You see, God cares so much about his glory. God cares about you and I. You and I and everybody that was ever created and everything that was ever created was created with one purpose. Do you know what that purpose is? To worship God. That's how we, that's how we were created. You know, so the, the tree, as it stands tall and, and the wind begins to move it back and forth, as that tree moves, it gives, is giving glory to God. It's worshiping God. That cricket on that summer night that's chirping in the distance, that chirping is giving praise to God. The stars that twinkle in the sky at night are worshiping God. And you and I are created to worship God, but you and I are created different than the tree and the cricket and the star. You see, you and I were created with the choice to worship. And in this life, we choose whether we give our lives over to worship our creator or we worship ourselves. And the problem is so many people, we live in a world where it's all about worshiping yourself. And when we live like that, of course it causes all kinds of destruction. Of course it causes all kinds of brokenness now, but it eventually will cause all kinds of pain in the future. You see, God is calling all of us to worship, and we all will bow our knees before Jesus. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 11 reminds us of this. It says, Therefore God highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and, ev- and under the earth, and every t- tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. One day, every person will confess that Jesus is King. And for some, it's going to be a moment of glorious embrace. 
It's going to be a moment for those of us that are found in Christ. It's going to be, I was made for this. I was made for this. But others, they'll be there and they'll say, I was made for this. And then they'll be ushered out of the presence of the Lord. And they'll be moved into eternal darkness where they'll be suffering forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. They'll see just a glimpse. And then it'll be gone for them forever. You see, the time is now. The time is now that God is calling us. God is calling you and God is calling me to reach the nations so that they get to experience that wonderful day. And it's a day where they say, I was made for this and for eternity. They get to rest in the presence of our Heavenly Father and his grace covers their sin. His blood covers over all the things that they've done. There's no sin. There's no shame. There's no darkness. There's only Jesus. I want us to understand that the purpose is worship. We are called ourselves to worship, but we're called to call others to worship Jesus. How do we do this? How, how do we do this? We're called to worship. We're called to praise God for who he is and what he, is, what he has done. And the first way we begin to do this is we make a commitment to gather on a weekly basis to worship the Lord. That's this time. Like, it begins by us worshiping, where we come in from our crazy weeks, we come in from our full weeks, and for a few moments, we get an opportunity to be reminded of who God is. We have a few moments to be reminded of what God has done, and we have a few moments to be reminded of what God calls us to do. It gives us an opportunity on a weekly basis to have our minds and our hearts reset, right? Because the world out there, 24-7, is telling us all kinds of other messages, we gather together to praise the Lord in the company of the saints. We receive encouragement. We receive joy. And God mobilizes us for mission. So it begins by us personally worshiping. Second, as we're worshiping, gives us an opportunity to invite others into worship. Your life is surrounded by a bunch of people that don't know Jesus, whether it's at your work, your neighborhood, even your own family. And because we have this established time during the week to come and gather, you have a perfect opportunity to invite others into worship. Where they, over time, if they're so far from the Lord, this is what happens. This is what happens over time. If you invite someone that doesn't know Jesus, they're going to come in here and all everything that they experience on a Sunday morning is going to be foreign to them. They're like, when do we stand up? When do we sit down? What's this song? I heard someone say uh, the other day, they, they call what we do on Sunday morning um, Christian karaoke. Get it? Christian karaoke? Because like, those words are up on the screen and they're like a non-believer. And so that, that was their impression of it. I'm like, I've never thought about it that way. But we come in on a weekly basis and we do Christian karaoke in here, right? We're singing to Jesus and we're worshiping the Lord. But what happens is everything that's foreign, what happens is they have an opportunity to come into the presence of the Lord. He begins to work on their hearts, begins to open their eyes to see the truth of Scripture. And he transforms them from being someone that's far from the Lord to becoming a follower of Jesus to a worshiper of Jesus. Like that's how it happens. Maybe that's your testimony too. Maybe you are here because someone invited you along the way. 
So we invite others. We invite our neighbors, our loved ones, our coworkers. We can be involved by, by sending missionaries and, and giving money to missions, by planting churches. Those are all some good things. But what I want us to see is the greatest context we have for living on mission, inviting others into worship, is our life groups. Now, now bear with me just for a moment. You know, a lot of times uh, the, this building is very um, unknown by the unbeliever. And it may be very, very difficult for someone that doesn't know Jesus yet to come into a place like this to experience worship. So instead of saying, hey, you've got to come here to experience Jesus, why don't we send our people out in community to get to know their neighbors and to love on their neighbors and invest in their neighbors? This is, this is the beautiful thing about life groups. Remember, our life groups have um, a natural rhythm that we want them to do. They have an up, they have an in, and they have an out. The up is where they're experiencing a relationship with the Lord, where they are studying God's word and hearing from him. They have an in where there's deep fellowship and there's, there's deep sharing in life. And then there's the out, where you go and you serve, where you take the name of Jesus outside of your home. Well, what would that look like? Well, let me take you, take, take you through the blessings of God the blessings that God gives us so that we can bless others and seek to begin to welcome them into a time of worship. This is what it might look like. Maybe your life group is connected like in the midst of a neighborhood. Maybe you've got neighbors to the left, to the right, across the street and behind you. What happens if we came alongside you and said, we want to bless you with whatever you need for a block party? Right, we'll, pay, we'll buy the hot dogs, we'll buy the bouncy, we'll do all that stuff. You put it together and then you invite all your friends. You say, hey, come over, we're having a cookout. We're going to have a bounce house, we're going to do all that. And then you and your life group show up and you just intermingle with people. You get to know your neighbors and love them. And then they're like, well, why are you guys doing this? It's because the Lord has blessed us and we want to bless you. We want to get to know you. And then maybe that grows into, uh, as you're building a relationship with your neighbors, maybe like next summer, because you already have the relationship, maybe next summer we're not able to do flip again. Right? I don't know what that's going to look like, but what happens instead if you in your life group were to do a backyard Bible club in your home and you invite all your neighbors and you get to know the parents and the kids get a chance to hear the gospel and be transformed by that. That's what that looks like. And then eventually what happens is your neighbors get to know you and then you're like, hey, why don't you come on to church? You already know everybody. You, have a, you walk into this place, you'll know this person, you'll know that person, that person. So they come in and then they hear not only the gospel from you, but they hear it from here and their lives are transformed and changed. See, there are multitudes of stories like that. But we bless, we've been blessed so that we bless others so that they come to the place of worship. Now, Finally, the psalmist comes to the climax of the psalm. And this is the third thing that we see in this passage, that we are to celebrate God's rule over the nations. He says, let the nations, this is verse four, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Now, this verse taken out of context, maybe like, what? Like God's a judge? How is that good? How is God being a good judge good? How many of you guys have ever been in a classroom in elementary school, maybe middle school, where the teacher leaves for just a moment? Right, you guys have been there, right? And some of you homeschoolers are like, yeah, total chaos as soon as I leave the room. What normally happens is the teacher gets called away, maybe they have to go down to the office for a moment, and then the kids are sitting there in a the class and they're, you know, they're all good to start, but then Johnny, you know Johnny, Johnny decides that he's going to do something. He's going to stand on top of the desk, and he's going to start to do the shake, right? 
He's standing on top of the, and so then Susie's over there and she's like, Johnny, get down. And Johnny's like, be quiet, Susie. So he goes over and pulls her hair. And then within the next three seconds, total chaos is happening in the room, right? You guys ever been there? Maybe I'm the only one. But like total chaos. And the longer and longer the teacher is away, the more chaos and the more pain and the more suffering goes on in that classroom. And the class, there's people in the class that are just saying, teacher, come back. Teacher, come back. And it's when that teacher comes back that the chaos ends. And the teacher judges, brings, restores order to the classroom. Look around at the world we live in right now. It appears as though the teacher has left the classroom. There's all kinds of craziness going out outside, and we need him to return to bring justice and to bring order to our world because it's not getting any better. Let us pray, say, Lord, please return, but let us be found faithful in calling others to say, this world is crazy, and it will never give you what you desire, but come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, because when he comes to judge, it's all going to be set right. No more injustice, no more murder, no more rape, no more uh, human trafficking, none of that other stuff, no racism, none of that. It's all going to be done away with, and it's not going to be done away with by a government official stepping in and saying, I've got the answer. It's not going to happen by a group of people saying, we can transform it. It's only going to happen when Jesus returns and he judges. Let us look for that day. Let us wait for that day. Let us yearn for that day. Because he is not a wicked master. He says, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity, and you guide the nations upon the earth. He is worthy. He calls us to live in this world, not with the greatest message ever told, where we keep it to ourselves and hide it from others, but we are to live this gospel message out. We are to share this gospel message so that the ends of the earth can know about Jesus. It is, it is evil of us to keep this message to ourselves. It's evil. It's a greater than even having the cure to cancer. Could you imagine if you had the cure to cancer and you kept it to yourself? That person would seem as though they were evil. Let us not be thought of like that. Instead, let us engage others with this great gospel message where we ask the Lord for blessings, put God to the test, ask him to bless you. God, bless me so that I might bless others. And then ministry really begins. You'll be in the lives of people. God will litter your lives with people that are all around you where you can get to know them and welcome them, invite them into a worship relationship with the God of the universe. Then that will spread and the nations will know Jesus. This morning we're going to close in a song entitled The Blessing. And the purpose of this song, as it was written, was to remind us of this, that God loves us with a love we can't comprehend, and that God's design in showing a special kind of love to us is so that we would share it from generation to generation to generation to generation. As we sing this song together today, let this song be our resolve to say, Lord, in this time and in this way,
bless me so that I may bless others. The world so desperately needs our Jesus. Let us be faithful to share him every single day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you, God. And Father, I pray right now that you allow your blessings to pour out on us. Overwhelm us with your grace. Overwhelm us with your presence. Overwhelm us with things that we can use to bless others and help us not to be stingy. Father, help us not to hoard the blessings, but Father, may we be found faithful through worshiping you and may our worship pour over into the lives of others. Father, we have neighbors that are lost and dying and going to hell. Father, we have loved ones that are lost and dying and going to hell. Father, we have coworkers. We have people all around us that don't know you. And Father, I pray today would be that day that we say enough is enough. I'm not living for myself, but I'm living in absolute worship of you. Father, do something amazing in our time and in our day. May we see our brothers and sisters come to know you. May we see our neighbors come to know you. And may we see the ends of the world bowing in worship of Jesus because you are worthy. You are worthy. Father, we thank you May we, may, may we not be selfish, but may we give our lives away for the sake of your glory and the work of your mission. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.